Okay. Hello again. Welcome to the Alternate Oscars podcast. I'm your host, Gabe Warren. And with each episode, I will invite a guest and we will run down our alternate Oscars list, um, compare and share our thoughts on each other's list, and compare them to the actual Oscars from whatever year we're covering. But this is another episode that's going to be a little different because um, I'm joined by Owen Daly as we share our thoughts on last night's Oscars. Um, everything from the ceremony to the actual winners. There's a lot to unpack here. And yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on this and I'm not sure how to describe it other than wild. Um, it's nice to have you on, Owen. Yeah, thank, thank you for having me on. I to have some thoughts, I guess. Yeah. So, um, as somebody who didn't see the ceremony, um, uh, I would just like to start off. Um, first off, did you see the ceremony? I did. Okay, good. Um, so what did you think of the ceremony? Um, it was definitely different. Um, I think that the Soderbergh's plan to kind of present it as if it's a film um, was interesting to begin with, especially opening up with a kind of tracking shot of Regina King walking into the main ceremony room. But then it, it kind of, I don't know, it kind of lost a bit of steam as the night went on, I think. So... From the way it sounds, I um I'm assuming it was better in concept than actual execution. I do I do think so. It definitely it was it was quite different and it was a much more I would say personal kind of ceremony um than previous year I guess even the previous year obviously not in such as big a space. It definitely felt more intimate. I think. Um. So, um, I guess, um, what moments, uh, what other moments stood out in the ceremony, good and bad? Um, um, I do think, um, the change of not showing clips for, uh, certain categories, depending on who was, um, presenting the category was a good change. Say, for example, at the beginning of the night, um, it was Regina King who started with the screenplay categories. And instead of clips of the writing, it was more kind of personal stories and details about the nominees in the categories. And I think someone like Regina King was able to present it quite well, whereas later on, there were other presenters who would just, it didn't work as well, I think. Uh. Um, something that, um, one aspect that I'm always curious about is how they present in memoriam. I'm a fan of the early ones where they, um, play the musical excerpt over, um, a montage, but they've, 
Um, in recent years, they've gone more into live performance, um, with some being better than others. Um, I know this one was bad. I mean, it was they. It was very quickly got got gone through, and there was especially there were especially with a lot of big names passing this year. They very much sped through it, so it was only really one song. So I, I would definitely say it's bad in terms of the loss that's been had this year that didn't fully feel as captivating. It just kind of went very fast, and I think it was a bad decision, kind of. Yeah. Um, also, a lot has been made about um, the decision to present Best Director so early and presenting the lead acting categories after Best Picture. So... Do you have any clue why they did that? Um, I mean, I I think I can guess why they would present. I don't understand why they would present best director so early. It just kind of, especially knowing that it was likely who the winner would be going into the ceremony, it kind of seemed unfair, especially for the historical precedence that the win was likely to have to have it happen within the first hour of the ceremony. Um, I would rather it happen later and kind of felt more um had more gravity in when if they presented it later. And then presenting picture third to last. I mean, I understand I guess the producers thinking they knew they what moment they wanted to be the last moment, and then presenting picture third to last because there was an expectation who would win both leading actor and pitcher that I don't think they got the results they thought it would be. So in the end, having the lead acting prizes last just felt very anticlimactic because the winners, one of them was not present, the final winner, and then the other winner is had already spoken for during the pitcher prize. So it was quite an odd way to go so I, I found myself when it ended just kind of laughing to myself um because it was such an a weird weird ending where it just ended and you're and you you don't you're like okay it just ended so it wasn't and totally satisfying yeah um best actor um Shouldn't we just talk about um, everything surrounding that? Um, like, from Anthony Hopkins winning to um, who the presenters clearly thought was going to win based on the fact that it was the last category to be presented. Just everything surrounding that. Yeah, I, it's, it's kind of, I, I don't know. I'm happy with Anthony Hopkins winning, but at the same time, I'm disappointed that, again, the the lead acting prizes go to white actors. It just, it's, I, I think the last actor um, to win leading actor who wasn't white was Forrest Whitaker. I could be wrong, but I think it's been... 15 years and 
especially the last decade, we've had someone like a Mahershala or and Daniel even tonight who arguably are leading roles, winning and supporting. Just to me is not where I want to see things going because it's just there are a lot more people to reward and then Anthony's already won before and I understand that it's a great performance and um, but I would it made more sense this year in terms of both performance and Chadwick's um, presence in the film industry for the past 10 years for him to win but again he didn't so it's it's a kind of a bittersweet moment I think that it was ended on yeah, I would agree. Um, on one hand, I'm slightly, I am disappointed that Chadwick could not pull us off considering the expectations that he would and the significance it would have. I um, Just pulling up the, um, let me just pull up the list. Um, because I do think you're right about I remember um, Rami did win uh, two years ago and he's not white. So, in, but in terms well, of black actors, I think it's Farce was the last one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I am disappointed that um, Chadwick couldn't win. And I especially think that the way they mishandled the presentation did a disservice to both him and Anthony. Because now Anthony's win is going to be tied to the clear expectation that Chadwick was going to win. And, I mean, I'm glad that um, people are making the point not to blame Anthony on, like, say, Twitter. But um, because he, all, he absolutely does not deserve to be blamed for anything. Like, what happened last night was not his fault. Like... And, but on sheer merit, I am, I am glad that um, he won because it is a great performance. I actually prefer Chadwick to him, but um, putting certain issues aside, I do really like this one. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a good win. I think the thankfully, the category had a lot of excellent choices besides one um, for yeah. myself at least. So I wasn't going to be um, majorly disappointed with any of them winning, I think. Yeah. Besides Gary Oldman, any of them would have been deserving winners. Um, so um, do we want to talk about Best Actress next? Because that was another very up in the air category that ultimately ended with um, Francis McDormand. Yeah, I again, um, if I were voting, she would be my choice. I think she gave the best performance of those nominated, but still, I am disappointed that similar to leading actor, yet again, it's 
now Frances winning her third lead actress Oscar in 25 years, whereas this year for the, only the second time we had two black women nominated in leading actress. And yet again, near, we're near like next year will be the 20th anniversary of the Halley win. And again, we go another year without a non with another white actress winning. But again, I it's kind of bittersweet because I, I agree with Frances being the choice. She's my favorite, but also I would have rather see um, an Andra or Viola winning, not just because of um, the, what it represents, but also because they are genuinely great. And that's the thing similar to lead actor is all five of the women nominated were deserving of their spot. Yeah, they were. Um, again, this is another great um, Best Actress win. Um, Frances is incredible in Nomadland, so it makes sense that she's uh, that she won again. Um, I'm somehow not that disappointed that um, um, this award didn't go to um, one of the newer faces, and but. I would have liked if um, uh, either Viola or Andra had won um, for that history-making moment. But again, this um, I'm happy with um, Francis winning. This is another incredible lineup. Um, but um, I was rooting for... Uh, personally, I was rooting for Carrie Mulligan. But... Um, maybe at the end of the day, it was just not the type of role, um, to win an Oscar or who knows, maybe she was second place. Maybe it was, um, probably close because she and Francis were the only ones in best picture nominees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I Go ahead. Uh, when it comes to Carrie, I I'm I'm glad that she finally is, was nominated again because it has been over 10, a decade, 11, over a decade, and she's been delivering in many things over the past decade. So what I took mostly from this season was because I didn't I didn't expect her to win simply because I feel like an actress like Carrie steamrolls her way to win no matter the performance and the fact that she was not winning all these prizes and how split it was. I just, I didn't expect her to, and I understand she does have a lot of fans. I do enjoy her performance a lot, but what I take most from this year is that she's now got her second nomination. So hopefully she can receive more in the next decade. Yeah, she's, I have a strong feeling she's coming back and, She'll have plenty more opportunities to win in the future. She has um that Bradley Cooper project coming this year, I think. The so who knows? Bernstein. Maybe she'll win for that. Eat the Bernstein and biopic. Yeah. That. Um also if we're looking um for the second um black best actress winner, um 
maybe Jennifer Hudson respect. I that? mean, maybe. I, I mean, at this point, like another black actress, a Latina, a Asian woman, the fact that still we've only had one female of Asian descent nominated in 93 years and the fact that that one woman had to hide her identity is just it, it's not it's not showing the fullness of the acting talents around and the fact that it's been majority white for so long is I mean I can't deny there are many great performances but when you you I, I kind of view film where I want it to progress and show all these stories that haven't been shown a win from someone like a Viola and an Andra kind of moves the needle forward and shows that women of color can win for roles other than being a maid slash slave or in a subservient role and playing a biopic performance that many um, white actresses have won and been nominated for over the decades. Yeah, I would like to see more of that too. Um, if we're um, um, going to Maureen's Black Bottom um, for a bit, because um, again, Chadwick was expected to win. Um, I think it makes sense why Anthony won in the end, because um, his film got more nominations than was expected, where Chadwick's film underperformed in terms of nominations, including Missing for Best Picture. And I think it's clear in the end that Anthony just had the most passion of the five and there were so many people rooting for him. And if you go to the anonymous anonymous voters ballots, it's clear how so many of them were like, oh, Chadwick's going to win, so I'm going to vote for Anthony Hopkins. And yeah, so I was predicting Chadwick, but I should have realized that this is basically playing close versus Olivia Coleman all over again. I'm, I I mean I guess so in a way. I don't know. I again there was a lot of passion for I think the majority of the nominees in leading actor that just so happens that Hopkins at least from what I see, I think Hopkins just managed to pull it out, but there was definitely passion for uh, your Riz Ahmed. But, um, I just, um, it's just clear to me that um, Hopkins was the one that the voters were most passionate about of the five, even though I'm sure they were passionate about any or all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, his win itself is even record-breaking, where he now becomes the oldest uh, winner in yeah. the category. Surpassing Henry Fonda. Yeah. Speaking of which, I actually watched on Golden Pond, like, maybe a couple weeks ago. So, that was interesting. And what did you think of it? I liked it. Um, it was corny in parts, but it was nice and heartfelt. I enjoyed both 
Henry Fonda and Catherine Hepburn. I like Jane Fonda. And the little kid um, um, was characterized in a way that I didn't expect. Um, he was in a sort of way precocious, but was surprisingly mature in a way. And it's just a sweet movie. Yeah, it, that that would be a good word to describe it, I think. Almost sentimental to a fault. <laughs> well, that that's many but, of the films from that decade, I think. Yeah. But I would say it's a good movie to watch with your relatives. Mm-hmm. Um... I guess um, next we can talk about the supporting categories, um, starting with actor, um, supporting actor, or shall we call it the second lead actor category? Sars Paul, uh, Sans Paul Racy. Um, because um, Daniel Kaluuya won here for a borderline lead role. Um, and three of his fellow nominees were also basically leading roles. Mm-hmm. Even his his co-lead of his film nominated against him. Um, like he was the lead of the movie, and it's clear they nominated him here because they thought he um, he didn't have a chance in leading uh, actor, and it's just. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I do think what I was saying earlier about the fact that it's we haven't had a non-white male lead winning and the fact that Judas and the Black Messiah, whose two titular characters were voted into supporting is kind of feels wrong because it's it's putting a precedent that men of or people of color can't be leads leads at least that's what I like the the fact that the Lakeith nomination is so wild and I think it comes from people voting him and supporting and then voting Daniel in lead and then vice versa just I I hate seeing the days of a double leading nomination being gone I mean we're in three years we'll be third 40, 40 years since the last time two men were nominated for the same film. And we've had so many men pushed into supporting. And the fact that the past last year and this year, over 60% of the category you would you could consider fraud is just, it's really unfortunate to see. And I, I mean, I'm happy that a Daniel Kaluuya has won because if when he was nominated for Get Out, you there was, you never knew whether he'd be back or anything because you're just so unsure if anyone would be back. I'm happy that he won, but also I'm conflicted because there are many supporting character actors out there who just who will never get a leading opportunity. Yes, they have to struggle to make a place for themselves. I mean, even Paul Racy was it was so we didn't know if he would get nominated. And because he was going up against 
leads of their films. And it's just, it's not what the category was invented for. It's really transformed into, as you say, second co-lead or second lead of the film in a, in a supporting role with air quotes. Yeah. Um, um, I, I have mixed feelings when it comes to category fraud. Sometimes I really don't mind, but in cases like, um, or it's like incredibly blatant and hard to explain besides the studio being greedy and putting big name stars in supporting because uh, for campaigning strategies, it just feels shameless and wrong in a fundamental way. Like even knowing that um, the Academy is not like some, is not meant to be like this purity test. And there's a lot of like, weird and crazy things about them but still it would be nice to get more legitimate supporting roles into the supporting actor category oh yeah say what you want about like say walter brennan and come and get it at least he was a supporting role Mm -hmm. yeah and i would especially since the category when it was brought in was to reward these actors who weren't stars. I mean, you would net you would have many more category frauds earlier in time, but it was leading actors in supporting roles having to be in lead because they're quote unquote movie stars, as you say. Whereas it's just, I'd say, I feel like the turning point was a Timothy Hutton in 1980, who was a blatant fraud and only went supporting because he had no chance of winning against um, De Niro that year. And since then, it's gotten to a point where I, I really want to see a rule change. And I understand that in all honesty, it doesn't really matter. But I want to, there are so many of my favorite actors who only perform in supporting roles. And something like an Oscar nomination could change the entire trajectory of their career, but they're not getting the chance to get nominated because male um, or female leading actors are being pushed into supporting just to win. Yeah. Um, I always think back to like Steve Buscemi in Ghost World, who was... um, who got a lot of awards attention for his performance. It's a great performance. And he was pop- he was possibly pushed out of contention by maybe Ethan Hawke for training day, another category fraud. Um, but yeah. Um, thinking back to um, the supporting category, there are a lot of character actors who people are surprised aren't Oscar nominees, but when you look at the category and um, um, I, I don't want to say that category fraud is the sole reason um, some 
respected character actors aren't nominated yet, but it is, I do consider it a big reason. Um, so next is supporting actress, um, where Yoon Yoo Jung won for Minari. The sole win for Minari and a well-deserved win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely at the point during the ceremony was what brought me back into it. I was so happy to see her win and I was so glad that she'd won a lot during the season. We're going into the night. I felt comfortable that it was going to happen. And the fact, and I'm just so happy that we now have another woman of Asian descent winning an acting prize because we get so rare. I mean, rare, we rarely get, and also the fact that we rarely get any Asian actors nominated, even though they've embraced films about Asian stories, seeing an actor actually win. I was just over the moon and her speech was everything we've come to expect from her this year. And it just, it was just a great win. I don't know how anyone could be upset with the Yu Yu Zhong winning. It was just so, I was just so happy. Yeah. Um, I was incredibly happy about this. Um, this was one, like, Yoon Yoo Jung winning was one narrative that pretty much everyone, that everyone could get behind this year. One of those performances that everyone could unify around. I know there was support for Maria Bakalova, um, and there was also some hope that maybe Glenn might finally win, but I'm glad she didn't. I personally wouldn't even have nominated Glenn here. I love her, but she did. I just don't feel she needed a nomination for Hillbilly Elegy, <laughs> a movie that should have never been made, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, I I agree with that. I despise Hillbilly Elegy, <laughs> and even even Glenn, who I love, can't escape its mediocrity for me. I wasn't. I understand that people could be a fan of the performance and I just wasn't. And then I'm, I'm glad that a Maria didn't win because there is for me an example of fraud in the category. And were we to leave the night with Maria and Daniel winning supporting, I just wouldn't know what to do because I, I would question why even title the category supporting if you're not actually going to award supporting performances because it is a different, it's a different task for an actor in a supporting role because you have to make an impression with far less to do. Sometimes you're working with material that isn't as strong because you're on the sidelines and that's why a Yu, um, Yu Yu Zhong's performance was so effective because from the minute she enters, I think a half an hour into the film, you just understand her because of her performance. And it's, 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 I see this win as both recognition of her performance, but also just in recent years as Zhao Zhuzhen or any of the women from Parasite any of the women from The Last Emperor 30 years ago, 
any of the women from any of the women or men from Slumdog. There's just been many films about Asian characters and just never received acting nominee nominations, let alone wins. Yeah, there's been many. I'm. I always wonder, like you mentioned, Slumdog Millionaire and The Last Emperor and Parasite. I always think, why did Emma? I always think about. I always wonder why one of the actors from Parasite, like Song Kang Ho, didn't get nominated, or why Dev Patel didn't get a nomination, or why um, John Lone didn't get a nomination. Or Joan Chen nomination, why didn't no, why that didn't happen? And it's a really shameful blight on the Academy. Because there were um there have been a lot of great performances by Asian actors in Asian movies that could have been recognized but ultimately didn't get um the recognition. Yeah. I definitely and think in, Go ahead. In in so you think um in something like Parasite's case, I do think because there were so many strong performances by women that unfortunately I think that the voters just didn't. I'm I'm, I'm kind of projecting that the voters just didn't bother to couldn't differentiate between the actors and the names because of unfamiliarity with different Asian cultures and different Asian identities and just not willing to nominate any of the women or even as you say Song Kang Ho which he's an established name yet he couldn't find a space last year maybe it's because there were leading actors <laughs> taking up those <laughs> spots um, that he couldn't get in but I'm happy that we've, we have both Stephen and uh, Yu Yu Zhong nominated this year and hopefully this isn't a fluke and that going forward, if the, if the Academy is willing to nominate films about, or to nominate Asian stories, that they also nominate the actors because it's, because I'm waiting for the day. I really want an Asian woman nominated leading actress because it's, as I said, since Merle Oberon in 1935, who at the time hid her Asian uh, ancestry because she she hated because she could pass for white at the time so we just need any Asian actress nominated in that category it's been far too long and I hope it's happened sooner rather than later yeah it it has been far too long and it needs to happen at some point um so I guess um, you want to show your thoughts on the last two nominees, Olivia Coleman and Amanda Seyfried, because I think they're both excellent in their films. I think Seyfried in particular um, elevates the scene she's in in an otherwise dry movie that um, didn't really keep my attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, Amanda, I like I can't say I'm the biggest fan of her performance and I think it's mainly the material she has to work with it's not as strong for me and there's only so much that Amanda can do to make it work and 
it's a good performance and I'm I guess I'm happy that an actress like Amanda Seyfried is getting this recognition because I hope she can go on to bigger and better things because she's been deserving for a few decades nearly now since Mean Girls where um, she delivered in that film and now hopefully it's a changing point for her and that's what an Oscar nomination can do for an actor yeah. is change their the perception of their career. Yeah. Um, I do know that she was campaigning quite a bit this season and made it clear that she wanted um, a role. I can't remember what role it was. And I just get the feeling that this is not going to be her last time at the Oscars. She's going to be back at some point because... <laughs> She genuinely wants to be here. And yeah. I'm happy for her. And mm-hmm. um, also, Olivia Coleman and her father is heartbreaking. It's, she floored me here. It's um, not exactly a loud role, but she al- has an almost unsung task of How do I describe it? Beyond what's written on the screen, for her, she has to modulate the scenes um with Ant oh that she's sharing with Anthony, and basically guide us through his confused states. And at times she has to change along with what Anthony is seeing to sell what. Uh, sell the story that is being told and it's great acting from her again yeah I was I I I she without her you don't Anthony Hopkins can't go to the place you can go she is the emotional core of the film you I feel like you look for her in every scene to know how to react to him and I'm, I'm thankful that following her Oscar winning role that she gave, that she was nominated for a performance on the completely other side of the scale, a more subtle role. And I just, this is just one of many, many more goes she'll have at the ceremony over the coming decade. You know, I don't yeah. expect, I don't expect the name Olivia Coleman to disappear. I only expect her esteem to grow and grow I would say I feel like her trajectory is something similar to an Emma Thompson in the early 90s where she was in everything and people just adore her and I'm so happy having been a fan for the past decade that everyone is now knowing who Olivia Coleman is you can't help but love her she's I'm just I'm just I I really like the performance as well I do slightly consider her in the wrong category. Um, I I see it as a co-lead. Obviously, she's not in on the screen as much as Anthony, but I think her role is vital and large enough to be considered co-lead for me. So that's why when it came to thinking of a win, I was happy for her not to win, similar to Maria, but I understand that people might not share the same thought on that as me. 
and see it as just a supporting role. I can understand that. Um, I do consider supporting, but I consider uh, I can see how someone would um, see her as lead. It's, um, I would say it's kind of a line straddler, but yeah. Um, so um, let's talk about the screenplay categories. We're promising young woman wins original and the father wins adapted. So first off with original, this is promising young woman's only win from the ceremony. And basically it's get out again. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was, I, this was, this started off the night. I was happy to hear Emerald's name, both as I think it was the deserved choice in the category, but also it's the first woman to win a screenplay category in nearly 15 years. Um, I, Since the Apple I, Cody for Juno. Yeah. Um, I was predicting two women to win. I was expecting Chloe to win the adapted, but I can't, I can't be disappointed in the father winning because it's also an equal screenplay. And at that point of the night, I was expecting that to be its only win. So I was happy for a spreading of the wealth because I enjoy giving pri at least one prize to every major film than a steamroller or a steamroller that I don't think we'll ever see again because everyone seems to want to award every film something. Yeah. Um, I think the days of Titanic are gone where the movie just takes everything and... Which, in the case of Titanic, I, I don't mind, because that movie deserved all of its technicals, um, and it was so culturally significant that I get its best picture win, and don't begrudge at that. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that um, going to Promising Young Woman, I'm glad that um, it was able to win this one award. Um, I know people have some issues with the screenplay, but I think it gets by on how sharp its dialogue is and how well it sells its um, concepts. And um, yeah, I'm just very happy about this win. Um, speaking of original screenplay, Film Twitter's favorite movie got shut out. <laughs> um, that being The Trial of Chicago 7. <laughs> oh, yes. The favorite movie. Um, I I can say I'm happy with the shutout. It's, <laughs> it's just not my type of film. Um, I <laughs> It was September I watched it, and since then I've just been shocked by the supposed love that it has. But then there's always one film every year that I'm both shocked, but also not because it plays to quite a wide, a, 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 a quite a varied audience who can find some pleasure in it. I am not one of those people, but I guess I can understand that it's well-liked. Um... Yeah, but um, clearly that di um, 
ultimately that didn't seem to translate to an, any actual wins from the ceremony. Um, even in something like film editing or when the Ace Eddie and Tide was critics' choice, but that ultimately went to Sound of Metal, which I'm glad it went that way. Um, because Sound of Metal has some impeccable editing that is not very flashy, but it's integral to the story and syncs perfectly with the sound. Um, but I thought the trial of the Chicago 7 was good. I don't think it's quite great. Um, it does, it is, it does what it seeks out to do for the most part, but I feel like the ending really was, um, did not stick the landing. It didn't fit with the rest of the movie, and neither did the song tacked on to the end credits. It felt like a saccharine ending to like a TV series season finale. Mm-hmm. That's the best way I can put put it when describing the ending. Yeah. And yeah. It definitely fits in with what Aaron Sorkin has always done. I now two films into his directing career would like him to stop directing because I don't see I have not gotten the sense that he is a great director of film with his two films he's made so far and would rather I feel like his scripts especially for film need a strong director behind them to bring out the best elements of his writing because say what you will even if you do enjoy him you 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 can't help but admit that he takes himself so seriously in his writing and I think with him in the director's chair his film becomes so self-serious and especially something as you mentioned as the ending I think strives for great dramatic heft but for me just comes off as laughable (laughs) yeah I I get those critiques um so um speaking of well um well, in regards to Aaron Sorkin, he has a, he had another movie coming up. I think this year, um, um, kind of a Lucille Ball biopic with Nicole Kidman, um, and I saw some like stills of the production, and it's like, it, who decided on Nicole Kidman as Lucille Ball? it's like it's just gonna be it's just gonna be similar to the movies he's been making where people will like it I don't see myself personally liking it I don't know I love Nicole Kidman but sometimes you I mean she could surprise who knows you never know but I I don't know I'm not a fan of her casting I'm not a fan of Harvey Arbor Dems casting because it's it's I don't know it's it's whitewashing the role because he is a Hispanic actor playing a Latino actor and it's people are going people aren't going to care as much because 
they're not informing themselves of the differences in the culture. But playing Desi Arnaz, I would rather a Latino actor playing it than a, I think it's Anglo-Saxon, because Javier is Spanish, so he's from Europe, whereas Desi Arnaz is um, Latino. It's, I don't know, it, people aren't good. People confuse them a lot. I remember last year when um, <laughs> Antonio um, Banderas was nominated, people thought he was an actor of color because he speaks Spanish, but he's not. That's why he, he's, a, he's a white American actor. And um, I don't know, we'll see how the film goes. I guess people will like it, but then you never know. People could finally, people could finally will feel free to admit if they don't like it, that he was a hat the whole time. At least that's what I think in terms of directing career. I think he just as he, he's just, he, he's given too much free reign in his films. And if I think about his probably most successful screenplay to screen something like Social Network, where he had a Fincher who was told, was so in control of everything and understood when to pull it back. Whereas Sorkin, given free reign for me so far, just does not work. Mm. The closest comparison, like that immediately comes to mind is like, I watched a few episodes of the West Wing um, and they were good, but maybe I just need to keep watching it to get a fuller opinion of that, but also I saw um, a few good men, and even going back that far, I can see um, how people are just getting sick of Aaron Sorkin at this point, because there are criticism, legitimate criticisms that you could um, make of them, but um, I will acknowledge that he does know how to write sharp dialogue. I do like his dialogue uh, dialogue a lot. And from what I've seen of him, I would say The Social Network is probably his best written script besides Moneyball, which he co-wrote with Steven Zalian. Um, I feel like um, The Social Network um, had a lot of style to back up its wit and Moneyball was more toned down and... I guess felt more in touch with um, a certain human element. I feel like Billy Bean was fleshed out in a really satisfying manner. Um, I just hope that um, being Ricardo's isn't a complete train wreck. That's um, so. Next is best adapted screenplay, um, which went to the father. Um, I am happy about this. Um, I've been predicting it ever since it won BAFTA, I think. Um, But yeah, I'm glad about this win. Um, Mm -hmm. I know some people were still saying Nomadland, which wouldn't have surprised me, but this one had, um, the father had the Warrior script, and I guess more individual passion for its screenplay, whereas Nomadland was more about 
in Chloe Zhao's direction and Francis McDormand's performance. Yeah, I, I am happy. I'm excited to see the screenplay categories both go to first-time directors on their first films. I feel like that's a rarity, and um, especially Florian, Florian, it being his, him adapting his own work. I I look forward to what he does next. I very much I I love the film as much as anybody else did. And even though I was slightly disappointed with Chloe not winning, I knew at that point that she she would get a win anyway. So I guess spreading the wealth is a good thing. And The Father is, as you say, the more wordier script. It's definitely a worthy winner. And so I can't be too disappointed. And also Christopher Hampton, his co-writer, who I feel doesn't get talked enough about, I'm happy to see him win again because he's he's a great screenwriter as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I am... Yeah, this is another one that I like a lot. Um, so... Um, for, I guess we can go to Best Animated Feature. Um, which went to Saul. Um, I know people really were rooting for Wolf Walkers, but um, Saul was never losing here. I would have liked mm. to see to have seen Wolf Walkers win because I feel that's the that was the more impactful movie for me. But I do like Saul's win. Yeah, Saul is definitely a good winner. I would prefer. A wolf walkers to win because this category is starting to become just the Pixar category and when you have studio animation studios like Cartoon Saloon who did wolf walkers or like the studios who's done all the um what is it Frank uh, not Frank sorry Paranorman and Kubo and the Two Strings I feel like a win for those studios would give them the gravity that they that they're entitled to because they have been making a lot of good films and the fact that we are coming up on 20 years of this category and over 50% of the wins going to Pixar films it starts to get slightly I irksome's probably too intense a word but I would ra- I want to see these independent animation studios collecting a win because they are deserving they are making great films and it's in in the end soul is a good winner but i just i hope i always want more um, people to be awarded and i want these independent studios to continue and a prize like an oscar helps push them forward and gives them i guess access to finances and acclaim that would help them in producing more films. Yeah. Uh, Oscars do tend to do that um, a lot of times. And um, just watching Wolf Walkers, I legitimately cried while I was watching that. And it was just such an emotionally gratifying experience. 
experience that I did not expect. Even knowing it was probably going to be really good. Um, so next we have um, International Feature Film, which went to another round. I know some people said that um, in the um, under the I know some people were suggesting that under the original um system, or it was just um the branch voting, something like Hovada Sayeda would have um won, but since it's the entire um academy voting, it no shock went to the um film with the director nomination for Thomas Vinterberg, and. I really like this movie. Again, it's a great movie, and I can't complain about its win. Yeah, it's it's definitely a good win. I unfortunately have not gotten the chance to see Covida uh, Aida, or I am not saying it right. I haven't got Covadis Aida. I'm waiting for the opportunity to see it, and I do agree that it's a film that were under the old rules where you had to prove you'd seen all the nominees it would have had the passion to win because there's been there were many um times when the better film won whether it's in a um a four four months two days one night beating pan's or sorry no the lives of others beating pan's labyrinth that's like the example i go back to i think of where the passion goes against the film which is recognized in more categories but it's another round makes sense i mean today they announced that they're already making an american oh yeah can we just let off with the remakes just yeah ronaldo soza like said that at least have the common courtesy to recast mads mickelson who can speak english and it's like where is where is it where is his Oscar nomination? What do we have to do to get him an Oscar nomination? I imagine yeah. he was fairly close for this, but can we just make Mads Mickelson not Mads Mickelson Oscar nominee happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I all I hope is for this remake is that it goes the same way that the Tony Erdman remake did, where it has not happened yet. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't um, think it's likely to happen ever. Yeah, it was. Um, supposedly it was supposedly going to be Martin Scorsese and Jack Nicholson, which I guess wouldn't have been the worst thing ever, but you have the original. Can we just let originals be? Mm-hmm. And do we really need an American remake coming, like, immediately? Not even, like, two decades after, or even just a decade after the fact? With Leonardo DiCaprio, who I feel doesn't need this role. Like, he's got plenty of opportunities as it is. Why does he need to do this? I, I don't know. I, 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 I expect it not to go anywhere because I feel like they always announce an American remake and it takes so long to remake. And also, DiCaprio, for me, seems to announce he's in a lot of projects, but at the same time, drops out of a lot of projects so we'll see who knows i i'm not a fan of remake well it depends on the remake because there are i mean even if you look at dicaprio's last 
international film remade in America with The Departed. And that went well for him. So I guess that that's a defense for people can make for the proposing of this remake, but not even 24 hours from its win for international film announcing an American remake. I don't know, seems a bit early um, and kind of distracts from the win itself and that uh, Vinterberg has finally made a film that's won and having made decades of great films. And I'm just happy that this has gone well for him. And I hope that the directing nomination, he can become an international director who gets a lot of um, outside of international film nominations because I feel like it's starting to get better for international film in more categories. And I hope that he can bring this forward to his next film and get a much wider audience to seeing the film. Yeah, I agree with all that. Um, and I hope this makes some, I hope this recognition um, uh, makes some more known for more than just the Dogman 95 movement, which is a great thing to be known for, but I feel like he's more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so next is um, best documentary feature. Um, which went to my octopus teacher, um, and I know that um, this um, win and momentum, this sudden momentum that came from this documentary, came with some collective groans and eye rolls. Which, personally, for me, um, I do get the appeal. It has some beautiful cinematography and score, uh, and an effective score, but um, it felt really safe in a year like this to just go with this sentimental man-meets-animal documentary. Yeah, it, um, I'm not a fan. Um, I There were better films, and especially this year, there was a lot of great documentary filmmaking. And for the big prize of the past year to go to my octopus t-shirt it it makes sense in how the what the category is turning into where i think similar to international film is voted on by everyone i'm not i think it used to be exclusive i think you i think you had to used to prove you saw them i could be wrong and but I don't know it just it's a horrible win I'm sorry I <laughs> I don't get it um I would much rather have seen something like a time or even a collective which I've I've not seen yet and I haven't had the opportunity to but from everything that I hear was such a great film and the it getting both the international and documentary nomination and not winning either seems like something that shouldn't have happened. I feel like it should have won here or time won here or even the unnominated Dick Johnson is dead. There were just so many great documentaries this year and for it to end with my octopus teachers 
odd sort of claim to this category just is off for me. Yeah. Um, Collective is one documentary that I like, I respect more than I love, but it does shine light on some, on a very important topic. Um, the journalists in Romania uncover, risking everything to uncover healthcare fraud and corruption. It is good, but I'm not sure it's quite great. Um, I think Time might be my favorite of the um, five, either that or Crip Camp. But I I wish we'd gotten a nomination for Welcome to Chechnya or, or Dick Johnson is Dead, because those were two excellent documentaries. Um, they're both Mr. Kai. Um, do we want to say anything about documentary short subject? Because I personally feel like it's the most useless category we have. Um, I I've seen Colette. Um, I do I do I do enjoy these short categories a lot. Whether it's the documentary, the animator, the live action, I I will always strive for them to be continuous. Uh, continue to be awarded, whether the final nominees that are chosen are all great is another thing. Um, Cause in some cases it ends up where the worst choices are made, but I'm happy to have them because it leads, it gives more filmmakers awards. And in a lot of cases, it gives much more diver- a much more diverse set of directors awards than other categories have historically given. I get that. Um, I just, I just feel like, I don't know, something about documentary short subject feels pointless to me. And some of the nominees I watch, um, like Hunger Wars, feel very exploitative and artless. But um, I do think Do Not Split was probably my favorite of the five. Um, I just feel like that one had the most impact for me. Um, Colette, I think, is okay. Um, don't have a whole lot to say about it, but... Um, yeah. Um, um, okay, let's go to live-action short film. We're... Uh, um, a lot of people's favorite of the five one, <laughs> uh, two distant strangers. Um, yeah. And when I say favorite, it's clearly a joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watched it finally this past week, and the concept was interesting. I guess the final result wasn't as great in the end it's I don't know something about live action these past years the choices just get so they're just so kind of melodramatic 
they are they I remember what was it two years ago where basically all five of the nominees were about a dead child and it I don't know I would I, I I'm glad the category is here I just wish a better choice had been made this year than two distant strangers yeah yeah I again the concept um is workable it's just the way it's executed feels rather hackneyed um and mm. the cop feels incredibly hammy and you can't really take him that seriously yeah. um especially when in this final monologue where he's clapping and he ultimately shoots the guy dead uh, shoots the guy dead again and we're just left on a cliffhanger knowing that um, Joey Badass is just going to keep repeating the cycle until he somehow escapes. Um, again, I um, don't understand what they were going for, um, but it felt kind of tasteless to me in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I was happy in terms of the win that the winners got to speak about on such a big platform as the Oscars about police brutality. I did. I, I will say their speech was a moment that will stick with me. Um, and the film, again, shed light on topics of the last year where we have people coming to terms with how awful police policing structures have been and continue to be and especially he was it was um i can't remember someone said something about from the past week the trial decision in america seeing a film like two distinct uh, two distinct strangers win and one of its co-winners talking about police brutality was definitely a moment that i look forward to the oscars to give I, I enjoy when people get political because every person in that room is just as much a person as anyone else sitting at home watching and they deserve to have their political views um, shared with the world. Yeah, I, mm, I do like what you described for the same reason. Um, these issues do need a bigger platform to, um, be like to be highlighted and you can say they're being preachy or whatever but you know they are people with um a, um, a certain in a certain position of privilege so I do appreciate that they're using that privilege to try and improve the world around them however they can Mm-hmm. Um. So for best animated short film, that was if anything happens, I love you. Um. And I think it was um. Again, another heartfelt movie. And I don't have much to say about it, but I thought it was good. Yeah, I would I would agree that it's good. And um, never underestimate the power of Laura Dern, I guess, now. 
um, with her involvement in it. Um, yeah, it was it was a good win. It's not an especially great film. I don't think any of the animated choices other than maybe opera for me was anything to write home about. But it, it was it was a good choice. And I'm just happy that it still exists as a category and is still presented on the main telecast and that people Yes. Oh you go ahead. Oh no I sorry I was I I finished my thought. Oh okay. Um yeah I do wish that opera would win had one um it was my favorite vibe um i was just struck by um just everything that went on within that short it was just incredibly fascinating and unique and on sheer merit alone that one deserved to win Mm -hmm. um so next we have soul winning original score um i can't um the fellow nominees were The Five Bloods, Mank, Minari, and News of the World. A really good lineup, in my opinion. Um, it's Soul's a good win. It was the expected win. I was happy that um, Atticus or what the Trent nine Reserve, Atticus Ross. Yeah, I'm happy and, that they allowed they allowed their co nominee to speak. Because they've obviously been here. Yeah, I'm happy that he got to speak for the film as win, and it, it's a good score. It's it's. I feel like my choice would have been Minari, but it was never going to win. This year has been all about Soul, so I guess I can take that. I'm just happy Jean Baptiste got to represent the film in the speech department. Yeah, um, my favorite was that was actually the Five Bloods. But I am happy about um, Soul winning here. Um, I think Minari was an, also a great scorer. Um, and I would have been overjoyed with a win for Emil Mosseri there. Um, yeah, overall, I'm incredibly satisfied with this lineup and the eventual winner. Mm-hmm. Um, next is Best Original Song um, or um, Speak Now was expected by a lot of people to win since it was a double nomination for Leslie Odom Jr. Maybe we should have realized that that may not happen because Mary J. Blige tried that in 2017 and that didn't turn out. Um, yeah, it's, it seems to add, because this is the fourth year now of an actor receiving acting and song and the only one to this point to win is Lady Gaga. Because last year, even Cynthia Revo didn't win for her song. Um, I think, I think Fight For You, the eventual winner, earlier on when the nominees were announced, I kind of wanted to predict it simply based off the fact, the success that her had at the Grammys this year and the love she's been building for these past years. But I, I too, predict predicted either speak now or seen to hear but I was I was happy that her won because I feel like she's an artist who's doing quite well in the music industry and even it's probably my favorite of the post credit songs nominated this year yeah. 
So it, it, I'm happy with this win. I like her and I'm happy she's now got half of her EGOT status. Yeah. Um, I'm happy for her win. Um, it's just, um, I do appreciate how she's taking the industry by storm this, um, this early in her career. Um, um, and especially after her Grammy win for Song of the Year, um, earlier this year, and I'm looking forward to seeing what she does next. Um, I did know Husevic was not winning here. Um, I know a lot of people were predicting Husevic to win, but I just knew, like. How many times do they actually reward movies where the song is actually integral to the movie? Maybe it's more than I realized, but I just had a feeling it wasn't going to be this year. Yeah, I was more so. I was, I was happy um, that it got the nomination. More, so, I, I didn't expect it to win ever. I was just happy that we can refer to Husevic as an Oscar-nominated song. There's been, especially after last year, where the song from Wild Rose was my favorite song of the year and it didn't end in a nomination. I'm just happy we don't have to say the same about Husevic and that it its place in history is earned. Yes. Um so um Next is Best Sound, where, shocker, the movie was sound in its title wins um, over Greyhound, Mank, News of the World, and Saw. This was pretty much a blowout for Sound of Metal. And it's incredibly well-deserved. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, I'm happy with the win. I wasn't necessarily happy with Riz Ahmed presenting, I don't. Yeah, that did not. No, I don't enjoy people um, associated with any of the films nominated in the category presenting the category, because either way, it feels weird as whether they win or lose. And um, I was happy that Sound of Metal also won because we did get to see a Latino representation in the sound artists win, and given that they're have been such a lack of representation similar to other diverse groups for the Latino community. I was happy to see the sound designers. We did get to see some winners. I'm glad about that. Um, and I'm just, um, I was just stunned by, um, how incredibly detailed the sound work is in Sound of Metal. And yeah, I don't have a lot to say because I feel like I would be repeating what so many others have been saying on some level, but it's a great win. Um, so for production design, Mank won here. Um, also nominated was The Father, Marini's Black Bottom, News of the World, and Tenet. This was another one without 
Um, much suspense. Um, because Mank won everything in this category. And I do really like the sets to Mank. They're one of the um, redeeming factors for the movie. Um, you can see how much effort was um, put into recreating the MGM studios um, and even just the detail that went into um, Banks' house or yeah, just the yeah. whole um, yeah. design of the film was incredible. Yeah, it was going into like the, the one win I thought the film would have. Um, <laughs> it, we'll talk it, about that as a win later. Yeah, it's a deserving win. It's my favorite production design of the year, either nominated or of any of the non-nominated films. I was, I was happy with this win. It's the element of the film that will stick with me, and there, there isn't many elements of the film that have stuck with me, but I think the scale of the production design was very well done and I was happy with the win, expected it was. Yeah, I'm happy with it too. Although I probably like, mm, um, maybe I would have voted for the father because um, of just how clever that work is. And again, how it has to match up with um, how its um, protagonist sees the outside world. And it has to reflect his worsening mental state. And the way they designed the apartment, his flat, um, the, inc- the intricacies of that blew my mind. Um, yeah, I was I was happy that the father got the nomination in the end. It was looking unlikely. It's definitely a, I like when a contemporary film can get nominated in these design categories because it happens so rarely. And the father was definitely worthy of recognition. Um, okay, so now let's talk about Mank's other win for cinematography. Um, that one over Judas and the Black Messiah, News of the World, Nomadland, and The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Um, I was not a fan of this win much at all. Um, I, the best words I can use to describe Mank's cinematography is muddy and murky. Um, there were several points in the movie where I couldn't tell what was going on because the movie was so dimly lit. And, uh, and you can tell this is a digitally shot movie trying to replicate the film, uh, the, the shot on film look. And it's like, why not just shoot on film? Like, going back to old Hollywood movies from 1930s and 1940s, you can actually tell what's going on in those movies. Yeah, um, it definitely felt like a gimmick shooting in black and white. It, I agree, it's it's not appealing to look at. 
And it just, it kind of annoys me that I feel like it's only winning because it's shot in black and white and it's not even a good black and white shot in many of the cases. I was shocked that it won, even though it had won the Guild Award. I was I was expecting, like many, Nomadland to win. And I was disappointed that Joshua couldn't join the other winners for Nomadland of the night. Yeah. Um, it is incredibly disappointing that Nomadland, Joshua James Richards couldn't um, win cinematography and join Bowie and Francis along for the ride. Um, Hopefully he'll get another chance at some point in the future. But this felt like an incredibly lazy win, especially when you consider that Mank has more Oscars now than Citizen Kane. <laughs> and when you consider that Citizen Kane did, couldn't even win cinematography back in 1942. And it just goes to show how the Oscars seem to like um, pale pastiches more than the original thing. How they re- rewarded Rudy Zellweger for playing Judy Garland, but never gave an Oscar to the actual Judy Garland. And now they like this biopic of um, Herm J. Mankiewicz more than they liked Citizen Kane, which he co-wrote. Yeah, I... I don't know. It's it's another questionable cinematography win in what has been a decade of some questionable cinematography wins. I the push more so to digital and effects driven films kind of it's it's not as appealing for me where something like a nomad land is relying a lot on natural light and viewing many large landscapes through natural lighting, it would have been a much more exciting win for me. Whereas no, or sorry, not no, but Mank is just poor cinematography winning. And I guess there's always some time, there's always going to be a poor winner in a few. Mm, yeah. Um, so for best makeup and hairstyling, we have Mulroney's Black Bottom winning over Emma, Hillbilly Elegy, Mank, and Pinocchio. Um, and um, I do appreciate that this is the first black team of makeup artists winning this uh, winning this category. This is a historic uh, historic moment, and it's all deserved. Um, I know some were, some people were predicting that um, Pinocchio would win based on being the most makeup. But yeah, at the end of the day, it had to be the one that, mm, the movie that won everything in this category. Yeah, I was, I was over the moon with the Ma Rainey win, not just because of its historical precedence but also the speech given by the designer and how and her call for wanting her to be the first to get better where we don't have to call 
every win in a category the first and it's just another win i yearn for those days and this is a good step especially with ma rainey where you have actual black artists working on um black actors in black roles it's we haven't seen that rewarded and i'm happy that that's happened because there is a different craft to it and the work by the women nominated was worthy of the win so i'm very happy with it so am i um so next we have best costume design more again and roth Maureen's black bottom won everything in this category also nominated was emma mank mulan pinocchio um and i'm glad that Anne roth um, has this book end to our first Oscar for the English patients. It's incredibly deserved. Um, some people have complained that there weren't that many costumes in Mulroney, but I think it's more than that. You have to know attention to detail and especially at historical accuracy, which um I don't know that much about um, Edmundsley, but I'm sure that um, she nailed that um, down, uh, nailed that aspect down quite well. Um, yeah, I was I was happy to see uh, Roth win. She's now the oldest woman to ever win an Academy Award, only three months shy of oldest person ever, and. Um, her work it was it is incredible, and um, I'm happy to see Ma Rainey win these two prizes, even without the best picture nomination. It's definitely next to the Five Bloods, my favorite of the Netflix awards films this year, and I'm happy that it tied but also beat both Mank and uh, Trial of the Chicago Seven. The films that received more notif- uh, notations from the Netflix films this year. Agreed. Um, so, um, I already touched on film editing, but Sound of Metal won here. Um, also nominated was Father, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, and The Child of the Chicago 7. Some people were predicting Sound of Metal based on its BAFTA win. I actually thought they were going to go with the showiest nominee, which was Trial, but this is a very inspired win, and hopefully it sets a new path for um, the sorts of movies that win editing, where you don't have to just be flashy in order to win. You're, the editing can actually be integral to the story and sink in with other aspects in a very clever way. On that level... The Father is also genius. Um, and on my plans, um, Chloe Jaws editing um, really adds to the jo- docudrama feel of that film. And Promising Young Woman, really, um, the editing really enhances the tone that movie is going for. And I am overall happy with this category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I am too. I'm just very grateful that Trial did not win. Um, to me, it may come off as flashy, but it's 
very messy editing in terms of the tonal shifts in scenes, whether depending on the performance of an actor, there are a lot of wild, less effective performances. And I feel like the editing um, just is not, it's flashy, but it's not good editing. And I'm happy that A Sound of Metal can win because it's, it's not flashiness is just as worthy as the more louder editing, I guess. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, so the last category is best visual effects, um, which were Tenet one over Love and Monsters, The Midnight Sky, Mulan, and the one and only Ivan. And um, um, what did you think of this one? Um, it's I'm not. I have no strong feelings towards it. I feel like this category could have been so much more exciting had they actually nominated something like a Welcome to Chechnya or even an animated film in the category. I feel like once the nominees were announced, Tenant seemed very likely. And I guess they're good effects. I just wish that something like a Welcome to Chechnya whose effects are vital in ways that we've not seen before in documentary could have actually gotten nominated here. Mm, I agree here. Um, I don't really see many effects that stood out. I know that there weren't that many effects in the movie. Um, a lot of it was practical, which is another trend that the Academy is going towards now where they're favoring less obvious effects and more practical effects, which I guess good for them. But I kind of would appreciate more of a trend back to like big flashy effects. Maybe that's just me. And I would prefer my visual effects categories, but who knows? Um, Love and Monsters was actually my favorite of the lineup. Um, I thought the um, for their limited budget, they really used it incredibly effectively. The monster designs were creative. Um, they've been in quite well with the um, environment around them. And it was just an incredibly fun movie. And Dylan O'Brien especially really surprised me with his performance. Yeah, I I liked the creature effects in Love and Monsters. I'm not, I don't really have a favorite here as not any of the nominees would be any way that I would go for visual effects this year. So I guess a tenant win sort of makes sense. And I guess Christopher Nolan can be happy that his film won a prize this year yeah um i just want to say the mulan no the, the disney nominations here felt really uninspired and necessary like they could have done better than just name checking two disney films especially two what two mediocre ones 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like the shortlist this year contained much more exciting options. If it whether it was as I said, a welcome to Chechnya, whose effects were vital to the story being told. Yes. And when you act, when you actually read into the effects, you I don't know how you could nominate a film like that, or even an animated film like Soul. I enjoy when an animated film can get a nomination here. I mean, I think Cuba and the Two Strings was the last animated film to get a visual effects nomination a couple of years ago. So I enjoy when non-live action films can get nominated in categories other than just animated feature and score. Same. Um, I um, was sad that um, the Invisible Man didn't even make the shortlist because um, I don't think that has a whole lot of effects outside of um, basically what they did with the Invisible Suit. But again, that's another film where the effects really serve the story in a frank, in a really clever way. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Do you have any um, final thoughts on how the ceremony went? Um, I will say I did enjoy the musical, the choice of having the original song performances on the pre-show because it allowed for the full songs to be performed, which on the main telecast has never been the case. And especially when many of the songs that they nominate the important part of the song is the build. So cutting out a full section of the song and sort of betrays the song. I think of something like Let It Go this past decade where they cut the entirety of the second chord, second verse out, and it just ruined the performance because that song builds with each new verse. Um, But I was happy with the performances being moved. And I think if there's one, if that's the change they want to keep, I would like to see that because it gives more freedom for the performance and takes doesn't gives more people on the telecast time to speak about their wins, which there wasn't as much playing off this year. And I understand certain people became frustrated with that. But for me, this is a once in a year event and I want to hear the people speak because sometimes they say stuff that's important, whether it's Thomas Vinterberg who spoke of the dedication of the film to the memory of his child who he lost four days into the making of the film. It's moments like that that I look forward to hearing people speak about. I definitely like those moments too. Um, so, um, what films do you deserve? Do you think um, deserved more recognition at the Academy? Because I feel like there's one film that we can both agree deserved more recognition. Um, there's, a, I mean, there's a couple. I think The Five Bloods was yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. 
deserved more than it got. I was happy it got the one nomination and that it doesn't have to live in the universe of having Oscar buzz yet not receiving a single thing. Um, my favorite movie of the year, First Cow, which admittedly never stood a chance because it's not the type of film that a large audience is going to like. I wish something like that had been nominated. Um, something like Time, I think was deserving of more than just a documentary nomination. When we're talking about film editing, that's the only choice for me this year. And so documentaries, I think, deserve a lot more credit in the category like editing, as there's so much footage to edit together. So I wish, I, I wish for film, for more documentaries to get outside documentary nominations similar to animation and international cinema. Yeah, I definitely wish that more documentaries got an opportunity to be recognized more, as more than just documentaries. Like, many of them are like legitimately great pieces of directing and technical work. And I referenced The Five Bloods, and um, that was such an intense movie but also a captivating one and a very emotionally rewarding experience. Delroy Lindo deserved a nomination so much and I'm still mad that that film got passed over for Mank and that Delroy Lindo was passed over, passed over for Gary Oldman and yeah, still bums me out. Yeah, I think if if Adele Roy had gotten in instead of Gary Oldman, the category would have shot up to probably my favorite assembled list of nominees of all time. And having gone through the past decade of many, many disappointing leading actor choices, for me at least, having a category with Stephen, Riz, um, Chadwick, Delroy, and Anthony would have been the right choice but again there's never it's never going to be 100% the right choice yeah um some of it comes down to the academy's taste will never be fully our tastes because there are members in the academy who see things differently from us but there are a lot of different factors that go into deciding the eventual winners um and I just look for the ones that I like the most. Um, so yeah, that was um, this was um, this was a great episode, in my opinion. And I was glad to have you on, Owen. Um, from what you said about the ceremony, it sounds like sort of a mixed bag. Um, but. I guess I look forward to seeing clips from it on YouTube, but thanks for com uh thanks for coming on here and chatting with me about um the Oscars. Yeah, no, it was definitely fun. I didn't expect to talk for as long as I did. It's I'm I'm glad I can now forget about it and move forward yes. with other films. 
it was a long season and we now have the next yeah we now have the next 10 months till the next ceremony so it's what would you it's just around the corner um <laughs> yeah 10 10 months will go by fast i'll just say that but again mm-hmm. thank you for being on here um i really enjoyed doing this episode um so i'm just going to um do an outro so um if um as for social uh, as for social media both owen and i are on twitter um you can find us um i think you can find both of us pretty easily um my twitter name is gabe the joker if or that's at least what you can find me as um And again, um, I host a poll. Uh, this is a bonus episode for the Alternate Oscars podcast. The official first episode should be coming up soon. Stay tuned for that. Until then, see you all next time. Do I just press stop on the record? <laughs> um, do you want to... Um, Actually, do you want to tell um, oh, some... Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Um, Sorry. Um, do you want to tell the audience about how you can find him? Uh, about, uh, how, you, how they can find you? Yeah. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Owen Daly. Um, that's my name, just an I in daily, as in the daily news. Um, that's mostly where I am, just talking about films as much as Gabe does. And with that, um, again, we look forward to seeing you all on the next episode. Okay, you can stop recording now. Okay. Um...